0: So I invite you in this moment to just notice your breathing as we move forward. The breath is that eternal cycle of reception and release in our physical bodies. And so I know in this moment that as we slow ourselves down, we become more and more aware of that divine that unseen force for good, that lives and loves and supports each and every one of us, that lives at the very core of our being, the Father, Mother, God, a divine presence, spirit, great creator, divine intelligence, infinite principle of life, not a personality but a, a vibration in so many realms. As the teacher Jesus said, there are many mansions in my my father, mother, God's home. And so what I know in this moment for myself, I affirm and I direct this, this energetic as I breathe in and breathe out. I direct this infinite divine intelligence to, to be made more tangible and real for each and every one of us, guiding and directing, supporting us, that it is alive here because we welcome it. And so in the recognition of it, in our declaration of our oneness with it, and affirming and knowing every good thing is provided from this point forward for each and every one of us, I just give thanks. I stand in that beautiful, beautiful repose of welcome and also know that what is mine to do, what is mine to act upon also is infinitely clear. And so I just give thanks in this moment for life, for humanity, for love, wherever it is being expressed, for music, for celebration, for fellowship. And for God's presence upon this planet, I give thanks and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Awesome, awesome. So we've been, uh, this month, sort of tilling the field of, of consciousness. We're a, we're a, a, a culture that, and, and a community that teaches consciousness and spirituality. And I think that that's, uh, uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We're glad, always glad to have people come and check us out. We are not here to convert or to save anyone. We're actually here to convert and save ourselves, and in the process, hopefully inspire others to join us on the journey. Our work, uh, as I've said many times, I've got my hands full with my own consciousness. So we've been using Eben Alexander, this amazing neurosurgeon's book. His two books, As his, uh, his Teresa. And Teresa, thank you so much for presiding today. She did a great job. Let's uh, send Teresa some love is. She's been trying to get on the schedule for a long time, so we finally got her on there, and thank you so much. But uh, his amazing work, is, uh, his two books, Proof of Heaven and Map of Heaven, are wonderful stories about how he died. He physically died. He, was, um, he, he um, had this experience with uh, bacterial uh, meningitis, and it shut his neocortex down, so all the brain function was gone. They said there was zero chance of recovery and about a 2% chance of survival. So at that point, and of course those are the measurements that have gone before, so typically we predict future events by past events, and that was the percentages. Came back, regained all of his capacities, it took him a bit of time because he was so minimized. But anyway, it's very interesting because in his his experience, it really is a modern day parable of the death and resurrection which I thought interesting. It sort of occurred to me when I was doing the research. I said, wow, there's that theme again. Here's this theme of death and resurrection. And so many of the great characters throughout history, not just Jesus of Nazareth, but so many of the, the mythic characters in mythology that have, and that narrative that, that, that uh, we can identify with, as Carl Jung did such beautiful work around archetypes, there's a, a theme of, of death and resurrection, to be born again, as it would say in the, in the Christian Bible. So there's a wonderful story about a, a, a pickpocket, and the pickpocket was working in the the diamond district of New York City, and and or the the jewelry district. If you've ever been there, it's it's a it's quite a a, a pocket of of that um, business in in the city of man, in Manhattan on the island. Anyway, he was pickpocket there, and he watched this man go into a store, and he watched this beautiful diamond that he purchased, and he decided he would follow this man and and pick his pocket. So the man purchased it and took off, and he went, got on the train, and the pickpocket followed him on the train, and he lived in a small town um, a couple hours outside of New York City, so the man hung around and, and, and kept trying and trying to pick the, the, uh, the man's pocket and, and, and get this diamond, so finally he just gave up the pickpocket, and said, I, I just, can't, just can't do this, and he tried everything he knew, and he finally went up to the man and said, you know, I'm a professional pickpocket, and you've got me stumped. He said, I, I'm, I'm, I've been looking, I've been trying everything, and everything I've tried, there's no, no diamond. Where'd you put the diamond? And he said, well, I put it in the one place that you would never look for it. And he reached in the pickpocket's pocket and pulled out the diamond and said, I put it in your pocket. <laughs> and I think, it's a wonderful, I think it's a wonderful story to illustrate how many times we're looking and looking and looking when really the diamond we already possess. And so, um, and it's such a wonderful, it's actually a Sufi teaching story, and Rumi wrote this, uh, inspired by that, as blessed is anyone who knows he, who he or she really is, and builds a place to live there. And and so it's, we're looking and in, in our looking and getting and, and striving. Many times, I think what happens is we sort of starve or diminish our, our capacity, our spiritual aliveness. So we're gonna be we're gonna invite you at your own level and your own uh, um, pace to participate in the white stone ceremony this morning. And I want to give you a little bit of, of mental uh, traction that I think sets it up nicely. And then I'll lead you through a, uh, a process. And then if you're ready to write your, your quality or name on the, the stone, we have things placed around the, the sanctuary for you to do that. But all of us, in all the great um, heroic stories, involve answering a call. And it's in mythology, you know, in the, in the story of the, the, um, the knights of the round table, they, were, they would slay dragons. The dragons are a metaphor for that, uh, that egoic self, that personality. The, the Muslims would call that the nafs, our lower nature. And so it's really interesting and, and, and it's very possible for us to fall asleep into our lower nature and it's and there's nothing i'm not and i'm not judging it it's just that what happens is there's a whole there's all as as jesus said there are many rooms in my in my mansion there are many mansions in my father's home and so many times we can fall asleep in one room and not even realize there's other opportunities and other possibilities which if we don't step through those those doorways it just simply limits our aliveness the possibility so answering that call, one of my wonderful, never met him, but one of my great teachers on the planet right now is Father Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan, and he's very insightful. Uh, he's done a lot of great work, in his career. I think he's in his 70s now. And I have friends that have worked with him as well in, the, in our spiritual movement. But, but Father Rohr said that out of a, a formless, uninitiated life, there somehow comes a call. Out of the, the lostness of life, there's a call for all of us. And he said it's probably, it takes the form of a longing or a loneliness, a desire, or the knowledge that there must be more. There's gotta be something more. Has anybody ever had that discussion? There's gotta be more to life than this. Or am I the only one? Well, let me tell you about my experience then. <laughs> but a falling apart of the game that once sustained you. And so a falling apart of the things that once sustained us is not a, it's not a bad thing. It's really the hero's journey. I mean, every, the part of what, what, what creates a consciousness, what creates a, an attitude and a life is many times it's the heartbreaks and the disappointments. Many times it's the plan that doesn't go right. And then, of course, in our, in, in our teaching, because we teach, we set an intention and we're going to set an intention today and then we've got a direction to go in and, and we don't realize that, that intention and there's something wrong inherently with us. And I think that's a very small idea because there's no wasted effort. There's never any wasted effort whatever it may be. So the Dalai Lama said enlightenment, enlightenment consciousness looks looked at externally looks amazingly like simple consciousness. So the, all the profound teachings, have you ever heard the Dalai Lama say anything really complicated? I, n- I never have. I read his books it was like this stuff so simple. But see he's gone through all of the he's gone through all the initiations of of, of consciousness and, and Dr., Father Rohr articulates that. I'm working with one of his books called From Wild Man to Wise Man, and it's, it's a, really uh, geared towards men, but it's a, an amazing a narrative on, on how we've lost some of that in our culture. He continues, Father Rohr says, enlightenment is not so much knowing as unknowing. It's not knowing as it's unknowing. It's, it's less learning as unlearning. It's a second chance and a chosen naivete, a chosen naivete, which means a return to innocence, without losing and without forgetting the contradictions and complexities that are in between. So it takes a certain amount of living to, get to all of a sudden come to realize and say, you know, and that was what inspired me. Part of this was inspired by even Alexander, who said that the way to access this, these higher realms that he experienced when he, his life uh, stopped, his physical life stopped, and he had this amazing, amazing experience he describes in these books he said, to recapture that once he got back, the way to it is by allowing. It's by allowing. And so the sum total of his experience and all that brought him to this, this, this awakening, which is quite fascinating and beautiful, and his narrative is, is powerful. And I read the book, and I thought, this is exactly what we teach. God's, you know, God is everywhere present. spirit is everywhere present, and it is, not a, 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 it is not a personality, it's a principle. it's a vibration, and realm upon realm upon realm upon realm of awareness. Endless and infinite, deep and wonderful. But that's part of the mystery. And up until that point, as he talks about everything, he, everything was linear, everything he could, he could track and measure. That was how he lived his life. And he had this awakening. He had this death for the resurrection of his awareness. It's quite, quite beautiful. He continues, Dr. Rohr, or, uh, Father Rohr, it is, more, it is more surrendering than concluding. In other words, our minds can only take us so far. Our minds, are the, our, our minds are completely necessary to move us through this life and to, and to acquire the skills to live a life that is meaningful and productive that I believe all of us have a purpose. And to welcome the teaching and the learning in that purpose so that we can share that gift with others. The hero's journey, as uh, Father Rohr says, is to do something that is not just for ourselves but for others. We give ourselves to a greater cause. And I find that beautiful. Because when we know that we're, when we're connected to that divine source of life, then there's an endless supply. We are the, the only ones that limit that, that experience. Through our thinking, through our consciousness, through our behavior, through our attitudes, and all that stuff that, that is involved with that. It is more trusting than fixing in all gratuitous grace for which you can only give thanks. All that you can do is stay on the journey. So staying on the journey, bit by bit, learning, growing, you know, disappointment, opening this door, ah, that's not it, this isn't it. Finding the people that can help mentor us and support us into a greater knowing. And that's ongoing, and I mean, it's so wonderful that so much information and so, much, so many wonderful people are available on this planet now doing great work. All we can do is stay on the journey to listen to its lessons, both agony and ecstasy, and ask for the most rare and crucial of gifts. This is from Father Rohr once again, which is openness, trust, and faith. Openness, trust, and faith. It's wonderful because he, ta- he talks about, I thought this was wonderful, I was reading last night, he talked about uh, John the Baptist from, from uh, uh, the New Testament. And all of us in initiation, we're doing this initiation ritual today and it is as meaningful as you make it. That's what I know about that. It has, it'll have meaning for you in traction or not. But even in the case of Jesus of Nazareth, he was initiated by John the Baptist, I know that that, that's a a struggle for some because Jesus, of course, in many traditions, was the Son of God. And I would not deny that. I would just simply say that we are all the sons and daughters of God. But John the Baptist, when he was 14, uh, went out into the desert. He and Jesus were were early bloomers, shall we say. You know, Jesus has said when he was 12 years old, went into the temple, and Mary and Joseph had to come find him. what are you doing here, you know? Um but but he went off to, John the Baptist's father was a priest now the priest and the Pharisees at that time within the Jewish tradition uh when you were uh, of age for initiation you would go into the temple and you would bring a sacrifice and you would pay homage and you would you would do certain things through that priest or that entity there in that beautiful temple so it was all set up it was all arranged and so what did John the Baptist do he went off and he lived in a cave and he didn't wear any fancy clothes. He was, like, you know, he was a scary guy. If you read about him, he's like, you know, he was not. Uh, let's say he didn't have a lot of social dexterity. <laughs> and so, what does Jesus do when he comes along? He doesn't go into the temple for his initiation because he was raised Jewish. No, he goes out into the wilderness, and the, and John, uh, John the Baptist, blesses him with the water from the river, which is a complete departure from the status quo which is very interesting so he, he looked at the rituals he looked at the patterns of initiation and they were empty for him because they had been done over and over again and there was so much of the personality or the smaller self or the egoic self involved with it he simply said no, this isn't for me I want to I wanna set a new course and I want to do it with my mentor who is John the Baptist and it didn't work out well for them because they challenged the status quo then the, the powers that be began to f- find reasons to um, um, shorten their lifespans which they did but not before they laid down these very powerful archetypes for all of us. And so with that, what I, what, over the last several uh, days and the uh, last three Sundays, we've looked at t- uh, preparing the soil of consciousness. What needs to go? What are those things that we're doing by rote? What are those patterns in our lives? What are those ways of thinking that have become so much a, a, a habit but may not be productive for us? And so we don't have to know all of them, but we simply have to be open and available to a new possibility. And believe me, once we set that intention and begin to move forward, all of the indicators that will guide us to that and and our awareness of extracting what we're looking for from the environment will show up. But that's our part to do, to pay attention. Jesus' message many times in what he taught was, be ready and stay awake. Be ready and stay awake. The Buddha would say, I'm not enlightened, I'm just awake. And so for all of us to waken up in a new way, to look at patterns, to look at the ways we hold ourselves and hold others and hold the world... And it's powerful, and I don't think that any of it—I don't think any of it happens instantaneously. That has not been my experience, but it's been step by step. It's been sequential. Sometimes I'll have moments of great brilliance, and then you know, I'll, and I'll, it'll give me a new perspective. But in other words, it's a journey for all of us, and it's ours to discover or not to discover. So, last over the last couple of weeks, we talked about the value of stress. That stress, stress and doubt are two great teachers. Stress, as we saw from this brilliant TED talk by uh, Kelly McGonigal, talked about how stress, the only reason that stress is harmful is people's belief that stress is harmful. So people that have no problem with stress to realize, wow, my heart's beating faster, my palms are sweating, and I'm getting ready to do something, have a whole different experience with stress than other people saying, oh my gosh, I'm under so much stress. (sighs) Stress is killing me. What are we impressing upon the infinite divine intelligence? Well, whenever stress shows up, that we diminish our aliveness. When in fact, what our body is doing, and what she said is that people that know this realize, I'm working with my body right now. My body is preparing to step into something that's uncomfortable, so bring it on. I'm here to manage stress. And she talks about all the amazing chemicals that get released when we stand in that, that perspective. But isn't that beautiful to know that stress isn't a problem? Talks about doubt. Doubt from uh, Irina Tweedy, a wonderful Sufi teacher. And she talks about how doubt is such a great, great guidepost along the way. When we write our doubts out, it gives us a chance to look where we're selling ourselves short. The great sin is to believe that we're unworthy. You know, I was raised in a tradition of original sin. And it was, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to have a, an exposure to that and, and I see what was intended and all that. But, that, but it's, it's a gift in your life when you understand where your doubts are. And doubt is something, when we look at it, to to grow beyond. What do I place upon my, my white stone? The white stone comes from the Roman times, when you were released from prison, and you had paid your debt, and you were released, they gave you a white stone, which signified that they carried it everywhere, to say, look, I've paid my debt, I've been given my white stone by the powers that be. So it's a clean slate to start over. As we move into the ceremony, there's a wonderful quote from Revelations that speaks to this ceremony that we're... Uh, inviting you to participate in today. And it goes as follows. Let anyone who has an ear to listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches, to everyone who conquers, who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give a white stone. And on the white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. So it is yours and yours alone. So if we look at this quotation, the metaphysical interpretation of churches is consciousness. Anyone who listens to what Spirit is saying in your consciousness, which is that sacred space, which is your temple, your temple of your awareness. To everyone who conquers or who overcomes, which is moving through the conditions of life and understanding and maintaining our equilibrium, to not be crushed with the weight of what looks like overwhelming conditions. And I will give some of the hidden manna. And manna was the gift that the Israelites as they wandered the desert for 40 years, which 40 years metaphorically and metaphysically means a long time. And what it, the beauty of that whole experience for these people was they got everything they needed each day. Everything they needed every day showed up. And the, the, the agreement they made with spirit was they couldn't hoard anything. So if it looked like a pretty bountiful day of manna, they couldn't pack it in their bags and carry it with them. They were not allowed to do that. In other words, to build the faith. So they wandered in the desert a long time to build faith and to come to this understanding that everything we possibly need every day is, is here. Isn't that a beautiful metaphor for consciousness? To stand in that? And then, and then what is there to fear? It says over and over and over again in the Bible, fear not. I think fear not is one of the most popular sayings in the in the the Christian uh, tradition, fear not. And then to write this new quality on the stone. You know, some of the, the, the qualities to think about as you ponder this, and I'm gonna guide you in a, in a meditation in a moment, but I'll ask you three questions. Are you willing and am I willing to listen to my inner guidance that, gives, that will give me my information? a theme, a name, an idea that will forward my evolution of consciousness in the coming year. See, once again, the agreements we strike, we're supported in. This is how consciousness works. If we don't give consciousness something, this divine intelligence permission and a, and a blueprint of what we're, we're asking for, for support and resourced guidance and directed, and then our part is to pay attention, to keep continuing to nurture that idea from our, our side, then it's just willy-nilly. It's random. I hope it works out. My affirmation for 2015 is, 15 is I hope it works out. What do I do with that? You know, Even if you came to me and asked for prayer support and said, no, I'm hoping it works out, I would ask you more questions. <laughs> what works out? What does that look like for you? What does that mean? Number two, am I willing? So number one, again, am I willing to listen to my inner guidance that will give me information, a theme, a name, an idea that will forward my evolution of consciousness in the coming year? Number two: am I willing to allow myself to experience new possibilities and a new deepening of who I truly am? Because that'll, be, that'll feel different. I'm telling you, it'll be part of the mystery, but do, do we stand in enough faith and, and, and trust and openness and enough openness to simply know the next right step will be revealed? And then the step after that. Number three: am I willing to know that this is the year that the deepest desires of my heart can, really can manifest? Whatever it is that's alive in you, bubbling up. And so it's not like the, f- the final destination. It's just simply, what's the next step? What must, I, what must I establish in myself? What must I become to line up more and more with what I, I know I'm called to do, answering my call? That I've, I've achieved certain things in my life, I've had heartbreak and disappointment, and yet I know that if it's true that, that my life is God's life, that each one of us is an individualized expression of that life, then what I'm called in this moment to do a, a different idea or a different perspective. And, and how can I be of service when I'm limiting who and what I am that I doubt my worthiness? And not once again from that egoic personality, but from that divine sense of being. Scripture says only he or she who receives it knows this new name. This is between you and your maker. No one else can create your connection to spirit. It is our responsibility. And you'll receive this knowledge as you're open and receptive to receiving. So I'd like to invite you to allow this affirmation to be a bit of your experience in this moment. My heart is open to receive divine guidance. My heart is open to receive divine guidance, divine blessing. My heart is open. One of the ways to open the heart is through the breath. Breath. We activate that intelligence. My heart is open to divine guidance, divine blessing. My heart is open. The white stone represents freedom, setting us personally and emotionally and spiritually free. The white stones that we have today and that you write upon is the message that you'll receive from spirit, either today or throughout the next several days I invite you, if you're not ready to write on it, take the stone home with you and let it be your touchstone. Let it work for you. See what's alive for you. You don't need a white stone. You can put it on a white index card. You can write it anywhere. But today we're working with this white stone. The new name that you're receiving, that diamond, that diamond, that treasure that lives within you and lives within me. So let's bless our stones. I invite you to hold your stone in your hand. We bless these stones as symbolically representing our willingness to open our consciousness and align with divine spirit. We are willing to release to divine transformation all that does not serve us. And we are willing to transform our minds to rise in consciousness and vibration and to transform our lives into joyous expressions of spirit. Amen. I invite you to continue to hold your stone in your hand as we go into meditation. allowing yourself to be very comfortable closing your eyes if they're not already closed and breathing breathing in breathing out a little bit deeper breath activates that heart center with each breath you become more relaxed more peaceful more rested with each breath you close the gap between what you know to be truth And what you expect to manifest in your life. Expect your desires to manifest. Expectation. Eager expectation. You are worth it. And if you don't create the place for it to take form, it has no other place to go. It's yours and yours alone. Spirit is standing with us, in us and through us. Everything that we long to experience and be. Not just the conditions of the world, but the vibration and the consciousness. So we bless and give thanks for the old ideas, the old ways of being washed away, because they've served their purpose. They've created doubt in our lives. They've created limitation in our lives so that we can bring mastery and awareness and consciousness to those conditions. And, and, and by that I mean when tragic things happen, to be able to stand in the divinity of who and what we are and understand that there's a greater purpose and power that is operating upon this planet for everyone, that life is eternal. And that we honor everybody, every soul's journey. We recognize that every event, circumstance, relationship, opportunity, possibility, every challenge, every encounter, everything in our lives has brought us to this point in time. Everything had an influence and you are now at a turning point of being set free from anything that might bind you. You're set free to enter into this best year of your life. continuing to breathe we listen to what our divine identity is telling us to write down on our white stone we've planted a seed and we are patient and we wait upon that information what are you hearing or feeling or knowing what are your intentions what if it were spirit writing on your on your white stone What is it that Spirit will write? Ask right now. Ask what would be the most helpful name or what would be the most helpful word to take into this year of 2015. If the word doesn't make sense to you, just stay with it. Continue to work with it. Spirit will reveal everything in time. So there's no rush. There's no hurry. We have have eternity and not one second to waste. So very slowly, invite you to bring your attention back to the present, to this room. And if you're ready to write, after we uh, do our closing song, there are pens hanging on each of the pillars. There's a little pink post-it note where the pens are. There's 11 of them in the sanctuary. If you're ready to write, we have these, these gold and silver inked pens that we use each year for this. If you're ready to write on it, Fantastic. If you're not ready, there's, we'll leave those pens up for uh, a few weeks, or you can write at, at home. But as you move forward, know that we are, all, we are connected to all life, each and every one of us. And as we write our name on the stone, I share with you the intention and the knowing that I'm changing the course of my life right now. I'm surrendering to the changes that are occurring and that our blessings are overflowing. Let's give spirit that to work with, a rich, juicy field of possibility to see where that takes us. And they're up there on the board if you're interested in what I'm, I'm sharing with you right now. Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder, said the principle is not bound by precedent. The what has gone before us is not influenced unless we allow it to be by what it's seeking or, or what we're called to in this moment. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful idea. So I'm gonna, let's set this in, let's set this in uh, prayer, what's happening here. What I know in this moment, on behalf of each person here myself, and I'm so grateful for the divine guidance and presence that is moving in and through and as each and every one of us, As we open ourselves in this moment to newness and possibility, I know that I'm guided by a word that perhaps bubbles up for me and surprises me. And I know for each and every one of us that we live deeply in that divine connection with spirit. As the great teacher Jesus said, it is not I but the Father within that doeth the work. It is this divine intelligence that is guiding and moving, directing, supporting and resourcesing and loving each and every one of us. I'm so grateful for life. I'm so grateful for this day. I'm so grateful for the, all the amazing teachers that continue to show up in our lives, that mentor us, that nurture us, that this beautiful, the beautiful example set forth by people that are so loved and admired that have changed this planet all model this very same behavior to put down the old, to put down the old meaningless rituals if they be dead for you, to open up to the newness and the possibility that there's aliveness We are a movement of aliveness, and that aliveness is the revelation and the expression of spirit upon this planet. So I give thanks for this. I know that each one of us continues to be guided and resourced in every good way, celebrating the changes and celebrating the possibilities. And together we say, and so it is.